tonight, and uh, I'm here with Lynette. All right, and Lynette. Oh, and this is one mic. And uh, Lynette, I am honored to have you here. Do you know why? Why? <laughs> because you are the honorary first person I had sex with on my relapse after my 90 day detox and finding sexual sobriety. <laughs> Oh, I've been, I've been a total distraction, but a sweet distraction. That is a very, um, very distinct title to have. Um, you know, not. I guess. I guess maybe you can only give one out in a lifetime. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, just give one out for twenty twenty. And I won. I'm a winner. So um, uh, let's see. There is so much that within this past. What was it? Three days. That that you have said that have just sparked such you know ideas. Um, I feel like I could have like an eight slice. Uh, 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 what do you call those? Those wheels that that you turn and everything and pick something that you said that I was like that's a that's a whole episode in itself. Mm. Um, we've had. I mean, when you agree that we've had some serious deep conversations. Yes, we have lived. <laughs> 30 to 60 days <laughs> in less than a week. Um, and I think that, you know, it did start off with, you know, uh, me being upfront about my addictions and um, and uh, just being open and, and honest with you from the jump. And out of all the people that I come across, uh, uh, what is what is your sexual background, so to speak? My sexual background is that I am proud to say I have been in the lifestyle or was single since October 2006. So out of all the people that I come across in my sexual sobriety, and the first person happens to be a, a proud what? A swinger <laughs> or a, what they call a lifestyler yes. since October 2006. Yes. So I didn't I didn't think that that was uh, a coincidence. I I do believe that you know everything does happen for a reason, and so as much as uh, you have given me, I, I feel I hope that I have given you uh, at least you know at least half as much as far as uh, your experience here in Springfield. Absolutely, you have been open and honest, and you have given me the choice to pursue and get involved with what I want to get involved with you. So. This week, the theme is Carpet of Evil. <laughs> yes, indeed. I agree. Uh, so we got a couple of directions that we can go. Um, one of them could be, like, towards, uh, you know, your personal past, like, your journey. Um, and and maybe, you know, every once in a while I can insert some of mine. Uh, because I think we did do have similar past, um, so to speak. Um, not Not, like... I mean, just as far as, like, sexual tolerance is concerned and, and the appetite and everything. Um, so so we could, you know, share each other's past. Uh, let's see. We could just talk about just alone, you know, our experience, you know, for these past three days. That could be something. Uh, just, just getting both of our perspectives. And uh, I guess last but not least, uh, we could probably talk about I don't know. I mean, just, just, uh, well, I mean, let's just, let's keep it simple. Out of those two, which one do you want to go with? Uh, our past and, or, or, you know, the past three days? I think the audience would first like to know about the past three days. Well, it's not up to the audience. 
This is no audience. No, no, no. There is no audience. This is just a conversation between you and I sharing um, what what has been like the past three days. Oh, the past three days has been very exciting and phenomenal. Very new. Um, as far as like the 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 town is concerned, or what what's made it new. What's made it? What has made it new is we have been more honest with me than a lot of men that I've known for a couple months or almost a year. So that's mm. what's made it very new. And probably new is not the right word. Probably okay. refreshing. Refreshing. Yes. Yes. Um. Well, I know. I know a lot of my reasons behind that is uh, simple fact that. Uh, I have gone through the same thing over and over, you know, so, you know, you know, it's just kind of like that Bill Murray Groundhog Day, you know, and have you seen that? Are you familiar with that? That he keeps waking up at the same day over and over and over again. And so then he started doing things different, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Once he realized, and so that's what I compare, like a cycle. So with like relationships that I've been in, you know, I would start to, you know, do the same thing, do the things that I was comfortable with. If anything, do the same thing and add more to it. But um, through through the through the things that I've been through, now I've decided to mix it up. Like I don't have anything to lose, and so uh, being open and honest with people and and upfront has has actually been such a great benefactor. And to you know meet people like you who who have so much to offer. You know, it's just kind of like let's stop wasting time. You know, this is who I am. One thing that's mm-hmm. fascinating is is that um, I feel like people mirror each other uh, subconsciously. So it's like if I was saying I was open and honest, but I had like a little fake to me. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that you would be a little fake, but you wouldn't give as much. You know what I mean? Because you're like, well, that sounds a little fake. So, you know, I'll give him probably about like, you know, 75% of who I am. And then the more fake that I am with you and the more I try to front, the less I get to know of you. You know what I'm saying? I think because I travel so often and there's a chance that I may not see people for um, at least a couple of months at a time, mm-hmm. I have a tendency just to be very upfront and blunt in what I'm looking for right. and not looking for what I like and what I don't like versus if I met you back at home at a grocery store, I wouldn't mm-hmm. have told you everything because it's like, oh... He's in the area. I'm in the area, so there's no mm. need to say everything. But right, um, why why is there no need to say everything? Because um, since we're in the same area, we would be easily accessible. Right. And then once I leave here, you're not as easily accessible, and neither am I. Right. So if we um, choose to see each other again, it would have to be very um, purposeful, making paying reservation, um, making time to be together. Um, coordinating schedules versus if we were in the same area, I don't think there would be as much of an effort or the need to try and get things uh, out in the open. That's very interesting because Mm -hmm. it almost seems like that's when you would have to be more open and honest because uh, you would be easier to get caught up in something because we may come across each other. So if I said that I wasn't, you know, going to this place and then, you know, not only do you see me there at that place, but they know me there, you know, that seems like it would be the time to be more open and honest because you could actually get caught in something. I personally am not as open and honest with um, someone back home. Mm-hmm. I don't 
make as much of, a, of a concerted effort to uh, use my spare time with these women. Right. I mean, obviously, there's other things that both of us could have been doing this evening. All right, now, slow down, because okay. first of all, um, it, it's 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 uh basic basically it comes across as if you know it's just like I'm not just talking about like as far as like Tinder is concerned or a sexual experience is concerned mm-hmm. I'm just talking about like um just even the purpose of some two people meeting you know what I mean it's just kind of like um you know this is who I am regardless of where I am mm-hmm. and so uh I would be open it up front. And this is just me, you know what I'm saying? But I'm just saying that even if you were from here, this is how I would be. Hmm. Well, if I had met you uh, in the venue where I'm from, mm. I definitely wouldn't have been as open. Mm. Now, it's a two-sided uh, coin with that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if I had another two weeks left in Frankfurt, right. would I be as open with you? as I have been this week, knowing that we essentially have eight days to mm-hmm. spend together unless we choose to either get together in uh, Springfield again or in Virginia. All right, so I don't want to put words in your wa- in your mouth, okay. but so what you're saying is under the circumstances determines on who or how much you share. Correct. Okay. Well, both, it depends on the circumstances, mm-hmm. the amount of time available, and Geography, whether it's in my own backyard or if it's those are that I can't easily get that's, to. Yeah, that's what I meant as far as like mm. all the circumstances. Right. Yeah, right. yeah. So, so time would be the circumstance, the situation, and uh, yeah, that's 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 very interesting. Now, mm-hmm. um, that's uh, that's a lot of layers uh, that that um, that is covered and uncovered, and a lot of uh, that's a lot of work. Yes, but then also. I think that you get me and you understand me, so it's easier for me to let you unravel the layers or who is really who I am because I don't feel that there would be, because I don't feel there would be a sense of rejection with you. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So, um, so, all right, because... Because we're getting a little someplace because basically okay. it's just kind of like uh, because there is not that fear of rejection now, um, it, it allows you to be a little bit more of who you are. So all I'm saying is is if I if we were in the same ten mile radius and I gave you that 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 comfortable you know non uh, without the fear of rejection. Would you still be hesitant because of the time that we would have together, the place that we are? Uh, what I'm saying is, is like if we were together, you would pass up on this opportunity. I would not pass up on the opportunity, but I may not feel as if, oh, I want to see him every day. No, every day. no, no, no. What no. I'm saying is, is the the openness, and and what I'm saying is, is like, would this relationship? be any different if we were in the same city? If we would be in the same city, it definitely would not have moved at the speed at which it has moved this week. Okay. And that doesn't mean I wouldn't have an interest. Right. But it means that um, I probably wouldn't feel the need to make you 
as much of a part as we were paying right. to these board member elites. Okay, so with that being said, now you understand what uh, the conversation that we had the other day is like at what cost, you know? So mm-hmm. if you're willing to make these adjustments, at what cost? Because I would be who I am regardless. So if I done, if I came across you and there wasn't a sense of urgency and a sense of purpose, then I would actually probably be there for that much longer. So what I'm saying is, is like I would still be me, mm-hmm. and you would be willing to, to pass up on this opportunity of this relationship based on location and time. I wouldn't say I would because I wouldn't be around. It, I'm not saying that I would that the past three days would be like they are, but if I was working like I was and I had to worry about the fireworks, uh, if my family was in Virginia and you know you had the opportunity to go over there for the holidays, all this stuff would happen regardless of where I am. These mm-hmm. opportunities would, and if you wouldn't take them, definitely there would somebody would because you know that's just who I am. Mm-hmm. And what I'm saying is is like just based on location and time, that is something that you would be willing to risk. I am much more guarded in my own backyard than I am when I'm away mm-hmm. because here I'm uh, the chances of me running into someone that I know mm-hmm. are probably like less than 1%. Okay, so why would you live a life that you have to guard? I've always lived a relatively guarded life, especially mm-hmm. since I went into the lifespan in 2006. Okay. Why would you live a life that you have to guard? I didn't say how long have you had. Why would you live a life that you have to guard? Because I want to project a certain image um, to my family and the world and to the professional world. And these two worlds can't come together. No, I mean, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. Oh, no, I was just, no. Okay. The, the, the worlds, the, the two worlds cannot come together such yeah. that uh, you can have two separate Facebook pages and the, and the two Facebook pages are not friends with each other. Okay, now, um, this is totally up to you, but okay. usually after my podcast, uh, I take a picture and I promote it on Instagram. Okay. Th- that, that's cool? That's fine. Okay, okay. Uh, will that, saying that, will that hinder any openness that you have to share uh, with me tonight? No. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, so so even with that, the, the two worlds won't collide? No. Okay. Okay. I mean, I'm not concerned, but I was just making sure you knew what was going. Well, the only reason why I was concerned is because I wanted to know if this is going to be censored if I show you a picture. And you know, share the content. I want to know what I was dealing with. So. Oh no, because I have my picture shown on mm. both Facebook pages. Obviously, mm. the Lynette page has more skin than the government page. But gotcha. Yeah. Okay. 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 Cool. 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 All right. Uh. So. So what were we talking about? I mean, is is that basically where we are right now? You know, is is that what we were sharing? Um, is that what we're going with? Where we are right now, the well, past three days. Yes, what you were sharing about the past. Okay. Uh, three days. Yes. Yeah, a little bit about the past too, though. I mean, I guess we we went a little farther back, but uh, so, um, yeah, you know, you asked me a couple of times, uh, 
and I, I, you know, I, I put it up front and clear why I swiped on you, and it was like I said, you, you know, you seemed, you know, real, genuine, and nothing artificial, and it had to do not necessarily even with, you know, having filters or not, um, but it was just more about, you know, just actual the natural feels, uh, you know, if if you did if you did have a weave in, you know, which you didn't, but even if you did, uh, that's not a that's not a make or break of who's real or, or who's who's real or not. I think people go into a certain persona when they have a when they have a weave on, mm, but as long as they don't, well, yeah, but as long as they don't, you know, carry that persona and think people don't make the weave. Weave make I mean, weave don't make the people. People make the weave. You know okay. what I'm saying? So it's just kind of like if you actually think that your hair is that long and you shame other people who have short hair, then we have a problem. You know what I'm saying? So the question is, if I had had a weave and makeup on in my previous profile, would you have swiped less? No, 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 because swiping is not a a priority or a characteristic of I, I definitely wouldn't have said. I mean, that's not a pickup line that I use as far as like saying somebody looks genuine and, and real and, and not artificial. I okay. mean, I, I say that with the with the sincerity that somebody who's real and genuine and not artificial sees that as a compliment. But if somebody, damn it, supposed to put my phone on silent. Um, but if somebody, um, this is more editing for me. <laughs> um, but if somebody was fake, and makeup and whatever, then um, they wouldn't have saw that as a compliment. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I just put, so I just make a statement, and uh, the way that you receive it kind of gauges on how much you know you understand what I'm saying and who you are as a person. Okay. Yeah. So. So yeah, uh, you know, I swiped on you, and um, and um, you know, our conversation was kind of the usual uh you know uh noticing how white springfield is no noticing how un, you know how you know it's not diverse and and all the limitations that it has and uh once you know I weather through the barrage of hailstorms on my hometown I'm just kind of like you know and I mean I know it's it's true mm-hmm. you know what I mean especially somebody who comes from a city of diversity somebody who comes from a city of uh of population and and just a place that has more to offer than the midwest does in general i mean it, it is what it is so uh um i'm like this is where i'm from this is who i am and uh i think me being where i was or where i am you know i actually had to defend who i was you know mm-hmm. uh so so it was actually a good thing I think that if I had the luxuries of being in some place diverse, you know, maybe I would have been lazy and not tried to seek out the culture. I would just be like, well, it's out there in front of my, you know, it's, it's right, it's right out there. I'll go to this, this festival uh, next Monday, or mm-hmm. I'll, I'll do that next. You know, I'll put things off. Whereas, you know, things that come around Springfield, man, it's like, you know, it's like water to me. You know what right. I mean? And I'm thirsty. It's like, man, I gotta get there. I gotta so. So it's like I'm I'm really more enthused about multicultural things as they come through. Well, I will say that even though I'm from a diverse area and it has a lot more to offer, it doesn't necessarily have more to offer as far as a man that is half Jewish. 
So I have, this has been a better quality time with me than I have in the past six, eight months at home dating other men in my diverse er area of closer to diverse. Where were you attracted to? 90% of the time, I'm attracted to tall, caramel-colored men with unique noses. <laughs> unique noses? <Yes. laughs> the nose? Yes. <laughs> okay. That's, uh, <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> and what are you attracted to? Uh, I mean, th th you know, that's the thing, man. I, I, I am, it, it's not something specific physically, but it is, you know, uh, just how somebody carries themselves, uh, uh, you know, uh, the smile, um, you know, is it, is it fake? Is it genuine? Um, you know, the confidence versus arrogance, cause you know, women got serious egos too, you know, <laughs> I mean, and, and I, I learned that because, you know, I, I used to stroke women's egos like, like, you know, like, like a man wants to be stroked, you know, and mm. it's just kind of like, they fucking ate it up. And, uh, and not rightfully so. I think, I think a women, you know, deserve more props than what they get. Um, but when it becomes, you know, a crutch, you know what I'm saying? And it gets out of hand and it's like, you know, they start asking, you know, why didn't you notice, you know, my hair color changed? Why didn't you notice I got on new lipstick? You know, it's just kind of like, whoa, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you don't want to put that shit on. You know what I mean? It's like. You know, that, that should be all the reason. It's like, why'd you put it on? Did you put it on for me to notice or did you put it on, you know, it's like your intentions now are starting to change and shift towards, uh, well, I'll just say codependency, you know, uh, the need for someone else's approval. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Well, that's what happens when, you know, everything, I feel like everything has a purpose, you know. So if somebody asks a question that I feel like is a, uh, is a, uh, uh, insecure loaded question mm -hmm. that makes them, you know, because they think I'm going to respond with something that makes them feel good, then, you know, that's not fair to my intelligence. Because it's like, you ask me a question based on my opinion, well, you know, it's not going to be what you think it is. You, you can't assume, you know, that you know what I'm going to say. You have to be ready to understand and listen. And then take it from there on how you want to receive it, you know. Because I think sometimes if somebody says something in it, and I just told you earlier, you know, if it hurts my feelings, maybe it's something, maybe I needed my feelings hurt at that time. You know, maybe I, you know, maybe my, my ego was too big and it got bruised a little bit. So, you know, lick my wounds and do better, you know? Hmm, okay. So I don't, I don't ask a question. And I told you that, you know, at the beginning, it, I was like, I, I feel like a lot of questions are, are intrusive. And a direct question doesn't mean a direct answer because the question's already loaded with the expectations of the answer. So then it becomes a debate. Hmm. Mm -hmm. So why would you say you are 97% honest up front when you first meet someone? Oh, because I don't want to waste anybody's time. Mm. And I believe in the laws of attraction. Um, once again, you know, I, I, there's several things that I believe. I believe that, you know, a lot of people speak reflective of what's inside there. So if you see the world as an ugly place, then there's something going on ugly inside you. And if you see the world as open and honest, well, you're going to speak that way. And so a lot of times I try to mirror 
what people reflect. And I let them know, you know, like, look, this is exactly what you're saying and how you're saying it, and this is how it comes across, and this is the response you're going to get. And uh, a lot of people don't like that because they like to throw, and I'm just, you know, I'm just speculating, but people will throw some venom out and then expect someone to suffer, you know, because it's like, it's like I say these cutting words, but then when I tell them, you know, you're trying to hurt somebody because you're hurting inside, then, you know, they try to throw up there after you break down so many defenses and everything, you know, it's like, look, man, it's okay to hurt. We all hurt. And your hurt is no greater than my hurt. But a lot of times hurt people hurt other people. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. It's very reflective of what's going on in them. And so when you respond to somebody in that understanding manner and let them know it's okay to hurt and that you hurt too, then then that's where you have the things in common and that's where you form that bond. And they may even say, well, how did you get over your hurt? And so then that's what you try to be there for. So so you just went from somebody who was trying to spit venom at you and hurt you to being there for them, and now you guys got a closer bond. That's why a lot of people who fight each other, mm-hmm. and then they get tired, and then they end up being best friends. I mean, the world works in these ways of, of, of paradoxes where – you know, if you want to be a, if you if you need to be a friend, or if you want a friend, then you be a friend. You know, if you if you if you're looking for love, then start loving. You know, so it's just like you are, you know, what you want to be. You know, you you sit here and you you people are looking for a hero right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the thing. That's why you see so many people rising up and starting to protest and starting to you know make a difference and you know people are going out there because it's like we're, we're searching for a leader and you know when you realize that nobody's coming to save you then you got to be the one to step up and it makes a lot of people uncomfortable and uh to me uncomfortable is is a form of change and change is growth so i like to make people uncomfortable all the time and i make them uncomfortable by showing them who i really am 90 percent of the time so question if I had another five or six five or six weeks left in Springfield, do you think you would have uh, told me most of the story, or would you have gradually uh, let me know who you were over a couple of days or a couple of weeks? We're not promised tomorrow, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So I want you to know me uh, as much, the, the, and that's the thing. Once again, the paradox. The more I share with you, the more I find out about myself. Mm, okay. So, so yeah, I'm sharing, and the more I share, it's just kind of like I see your reaction, and it's it's processed on on the basis of like you know you keep asking more questions, you stay interesting, you're engaging, so I keep feeding you. You see what I'm saying? So, okay. so until you say you know all right that's too much, or or you seem disinterested, then I keep going, and I keep sharing, and the things that. That, that makes it so wonderful is like you have this understanding and this open mind and this intelligence about what I give you. You know, you don't, you don't, uh, you don't, uh, uh, you know, just kind of gloss over it. You like take my words into consideration and you process it. And then you, you know, you come to a conclusion without just, you know, automatically shutting it down because it's something that you may or may not agree with. Mm-hmm. So that's why we, that's why I keep engaging with you. And as people like to say, 
Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, um, how is the sex? The sex is, it is a connection type sex. We are physically compatible. We have a chemistry. And that is um, judged off of not the first session, but subsequent sessions after that. Because you can never really judge on the first session because there's a certain amount of um, nervousness. Mm -hmm. but, yeah. but I think you can take that in consideration if you want to go ahead and make a judgment call. I mean, my thing was uh, it had been five months. You know, I'd gone through such a transformation mm -hmm. that you know, like I told you, you know, it's like I was trying to last longer than two minutes. But, you know, the fact that we, you know, kept going after that, you know, I think that kind of, you know, explained, you know, uh, the, the reason why, you know, I, I came so quick the first time and the fact that I was ready to go again, mm -hmm. you know. Um, like I said, I mean, you know, I can't, I can't, you know, go back to, to change my virginity, which was, uh, you know, not as ideal and, and movie-esque as, as I would want it to be. You know, it wasn't anything special. I tried, to, I, uh, I tried to get rid of my virginity, you know, like it was cancer. You know, I mean, it, it was, I was almost embarrassed to be a, a virgin. When, how old were you when you lost your virginity? Eighteen and a half. Eighteen and a half, wow. And the reason why it was eighteen and a half because my dad, my dad took a pair of pedotomies. Yeah. And I didn't even have sex off the first time until I went off to college. Wow. Because I was scared to even <laughs> have sex anywhere in the same city that my dad was in. Because, <laughs> I, because my dad was constantly two steps ahead of me every time I tried to do something I had no Okay, so hold on. That, so, so, so do you think that, that there was like a repression? And so that's why you went from this 18-year-old virgin to, can I say your age? Yes. This 51-year-old swinger. Actually, I start. I started swinging, and, well, I had my first swinging, swinging experience in 1994. All right, but hold on. Do you think that so, that's why you, you went that route? Is because you, 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 were, you were that deathly, you know, scared? I think I went that route for two reasons. First of all, my dad <laughs> put the fear yeah. of God in me about not doing that. That was one reason. The second reason was that my parents said if I end up getting pregnant or have a child, I was not going to college. Right. And I was like, oh, okay, not dealing with that. And then the third reason was because most of my life I was raised as a bearing witness with the mm. Glory Church. So Yeah. Yeah, so it was very... So it uh, sounds like there's a lot of, like I said, there's a lot of repression. Yes. Even, and yes, even uh, masturbation was put on there. Oh, <laughs> Go ahead, and keep, I yeah. say, go ahead and keep talking while yeah. I mess with this. Yeah, it was actually very, um, it was considered a sin to masturbate. So when I started masturbating at 15, it was very hidden. It was very hush-hush. Um, yeah, so that was kind of uh, repressed so that by the time I had an opportunity to find out about the outside world, or I didn't even know it was swinging back in 1994 when I had my first experience, so by the time the opportunity came around in 2006, I was mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually ready to go into that lifestyle. <laughs> that is, that's quite the journey. Yes, it <laughs> is. Um, 
Wow. Uh, so, okay. So, so, uh, you lost your virginity. Yes. And then, what was the time between that and 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 the swinging? And and what was the build up towards that? I mean, how how were you introduced to that? All right. Well, the timetable was lost my virginity in the first year of college, and met someone in my first year of college that was just instant falling in love and the instant falling of love set the situation up so that by my sophomore year of college I was knowingly sharing him with um, another woman on campus wow, so that's wow. how the, it first started that I just was I had such deep feelings for him and had fallen in love with him instantly that I was willing to share him so wow so wow. that alternative thinking started in 
Yeah, I was thinking 97 to 98 was almost like a complete blur where I didn't have pictures. I probably wouldn't even know what I was doing at that time. Mm. So once, um, yeah, so once I kind of got hold of my life and, um. Well, I mean, hold on now. So, so, So what were some of the pictures? Uh, pictures were, I was in, I worked in New York at the time mm-hmm. for a period of 14, 16 months, and I knew that, um, Tupac, um, and Biggie had died during that time, but without Googling the exact dates of their death, I couldn't even tell you. I know that when right. I was in, uh, Brooklyn, New York, or right. New York City at the time, I know that that happened. Mm-hmm. I know that, um, in New York City at that same time, um, black um, African immigrant um, had gotten raped by police officers with a broom handle. Right. So I'm quite aware of that, but it was such a blur I did a sleep deprivation. Oh, okay. So so it was just uh, I mean, I mean, was, was it trying to keep a balance of the work and the lifestyle? No. Uh, the life I tried to totally take my mind out of the lifestyle mm-hmm. when I met my daughter's father. Oh, yeah, 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 right. Yeah, okay. so I actually met him, and for the first time in my life that I was dating someone, I didn't have sex with him for 90 years. No. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we both did a voluntary 90-day thing, and we kind of forced ourselves to get to know each other. Mm-hmm. And the ironic thing about that was after 90 days when we started having sex, then we had a conception in month four. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so between the the time that I met him, it was a total of kind of walking and swims away. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. Okay, I'm just going to be with one man, be monogamous, and kind of wait to have sex. And so I totally almost suppressed my sexuality from... Wow, another, yeah, another cycle of repression. Right, from, let's see, from 95 up to about 1999, it uh-huh. was a total repression. Yeah. And then was there a, a great explosion? There was a great explosion because once after 1999, then I reconnected with um, uh, the guy from yeah, college. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, huh. Wow. All right. Well, uh, I think that's pretty much all I got at this moment that I can think of. Um, yeah, like I said, there's a lot of places that we could go. Um, mm-hmm. It's just kind of hard to start switching gears once we go so deep into uh, into some of those situations. So mm-hmm. to come back up and then go deep again, that's something I can't do right now. So uh, we'll just go ahead and end it there. I have a question for you. Yeah, sure. And I'm sorry. Yeah, if there's if there's anything else that you would like to share, I'm just out of yeah. So please okay. go ahead. So we connected on my last Thursday, which was June 25th, okay, so that was okay. Year. Okay, last Thursday was June 25th, so we have Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, today is Monday, so today is day five that we connected. Mm-hmm. What would you go back and tell yourself on last Wednesday, because I'm assuming the Wednesday before is when you uh, reacted with Miss Kendra about my vomit. Mm-hmm. So what would so what would uh, the five day Dwight knowledge tell, him, tell yeah. himself to or what would he say to Dwight from last Wednesday? Oh man, that's easy. Uh, it's 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 that's that's just the thing. It's like everything that I say 
and everything I do that it's already been confirmed. Um, I would, you know, I would tell myself, you know, hey, swing for the fences. Um, you know, uh, I knew what I was getting into. It, it was no surprise uh, when when you let me know uh, that you was a swinger and everything like that. It was just kind of like, okay, we're gonna have sex, but I want to know. I want to at least know what I'm getting into as far as like my mental state goes uh, and doing everything in my power to have sexual sobriety without going through my, I've been wanting to share my steps with you and everything like that, but they've actually been coming out. You know, I was going to tell you about the internet. I was going to tell you about uh, the, the two year old girl from the affair. Um, all these other things that, you know, I, I share, uh, this is the stuff that I've been preparing for. So um, I don't think that there's anything different because I was already on that path anyway. How has our interaction affected your sexual sobriety? Great question because, uh, like I said, I've learned. I, I learn. I learned from all my relapses, which up until this point consisted of porn. And so uh, the things that I would I would do, you know, as far as like the porn goes, is I would set up different obstacles and roadblocks and things that I would do. So, um, you know, the 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 relapse that I had with you, or or the situation, I I, I don't mean relapse as a bad thing. Relapse okay. is not a bad thing. Okay. Um, relapse for certain things are bad. Like for alcohol, it would be bad. For uh, heroin, it would be bad. Um, but you know, as far as like sex goes, I think of it as like an overeater having a night, or not having a night, but having, you know, five days of binging or whatever. You know, I'm not going to beat myself up over it, which that's one thing I learned, you know, it's about uh, progress, not perfection. Um, I've come a long way in a year. You know, I kind of explained to you uh, what I had going on last year at this time, you know, and even before uh, this, you know, in January, you know, towards uh, the, what I would like to call my rock bottom you know, what I had going on. So just the progression that I've had between now and then has been so, so great. So it's like, you know, I'm still journaling and I'm still learning as I go. So, so once again, you know, it's not just about the pleasure. The pleasure is a, a connection of somebody understanding me, which I feel like I get more out of that we have done non-sexually than we have sexually. Sexually is just the icing on the cake. Um, so, you know, and, and the way that, you know, because the first time was great for me, you know, and I know it was great for you, but it's just kind of like, as far as like judgment goes, I mean, you know, it was just so consensual and it was just so, you know, right and ready that, you know, the actual content, you know, doesn't really matter, but the context was exact, you know, mm -hmm. the fact that I showed you my house and you understood exactly what I was doing on the paint and the lighting and the details and stuff, you know, I mean, that to me is where it began, you know? Okay. And so that was the foreplay to me, you know, you okay. understanding me. And um, the fact that, you know, the things that I was doing to you and you were receiving them, you know, uh, there was no hesitation. So all of that was just such an opening of trust and um, understanding. Uh, and even though it didn't last, but it lasted, you know, it went over and over, you know, uh, several times, and if it wasn't for the fireworks and the dog freaking out, you know, who knows? It probably would have went all the way into the morning, you know? I don't know. But um, the fact that I came to a conclusion and, you know, I had to stop, 
and the fact that, you know, I made these these choices and these boundaries, like I was telling you, man, these boundaries are actually good things. Mm-hmm. Um, they're healthy. And um, so you're getting a better quality of Dwight. The addict Dwight is awesome. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. the but the sober Dwight is so much better and so much in tuned and so, you know, the, the sober Dwight knows who he is where the addict is just this fuck thing. Mm-hmm. And he's a, he's a very charming fuck thing, but, you know, he's still a fuck thing. So, uh... So I'm learning my I'm learning more boundaries and I'm giving myself the benefit of the doubt because as a sex addict to, you know, have sex, you know, I, there, there's there's no better quality out there right now than Lynette. Thank you. <laughs> so with that. OK, one more question. Sure. Go ahead. If I had 16 more weeks left in Springfield, would we have had sex the second time with your ex-husband? Yes. Yes. Okay. I mean. You know, for for two people who had as much electricity as it was, it wouldn't have done any good to wait. You know, it's it's like let's just go ahead and get this out the way, even so that way we can concentrate on. You know, it's like look, you got a big ass, I got a big dick, we can fuck. You know, and at least that we know. Right. Whereas you know, I think I would have been showing you stuff, and we would have been doing things, and we would have been going around Springfield, kind of like, you know. All right, you know this shit's kind of whack, but now that we had that sexual connection, I think the things that I showed you had more meaning because you know it's like, you know, I was inside you, and then showing you Springfield was showing you what was inside me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good use of words, love it. <laughs> that that is yeah. <laughs> so. So yeah, I mean, like I said, I I, I definitely uh, I definitely enjoyed our time together, and uh, you know, um, like I said, you're not promised tomorrow, and that's kind of why I try to make sure everything I do has a purpose. Um, I don't live like there's no tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm not like blowing all my shit and right. you know, just just doing. You know, I'm prepared for a, for a long, healthy life, and 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 and. and like I said, being the best Dwight that I can be, being a better Dwight than what I was yesterday. So that's why, you know, on my days off, man, I'm just like, I gotta do something. I gotta, I gotta go. It's, it's gotta be so, so meaningful. Right. And um, like I said, other than than the dominoes game, uh, you had my undivided attention because I just cleared everything out, and I believe that I can have it all. I can have it all, but I just can't have all that I want. Mm. I can have it all, but I just can't have all that I want. <laughs> Yeah. I like that saying. <laughs> I got a lot of sayings. <laughs> <laughs> Write it down. I do. I do. I do. I, I send them in text to my daughter. I used to I used to send like all these inspirational quotes and then I started quoting myself. So Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> yes. So once again, this is White. And this is Lynette. And it's one Mike. I'm your favorite podcaster's podcaster. All right. Awesome.